You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, with me of course is Brian. Brian, what's going on, man? Well, today is tomorrow because the sun has come out. Finally, that's true. It's in not Nashville. gray and sad. And I was about to start breaking out my '90s grunge music again. Oh, um, see, I was thinking about Annie singing, and you're thinking about '90s. Oh, because of the the gray. I get yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, I'm only happy when it rains. Yeah. So, no, it's Canadian. You're used to the gray skies, and <laughs> oh, yeah, but so yeah, oh, we I haven't been blinded by the light of snow. Light bouncing off of snow, no, though. We haven't. And like, I'm disappointed. I think we're gonna get through this winter without it. And I'm disappointed. I'm really excited about that because I got my fill of it when I went to Minneapolis a little while ago. But But I have uh, had our fill of rain. It has been raining a ton here. It has been. It has been. Uh, Guys, as you can tell, we really like to talk about the weather. Um, (laughs) I wonder if there's a way to approach. uh, Is there a gospel-centered approach to to talking about the weather? That's a future episode, the gospel and weather. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I don't think it counts as a gospel issue. No, no, it, it, it doesn't. No, no. But what is How it? How we respond. Might. How we respond to the weather might be a gospel issue. But, you know, that does lead to an interesting question. There is this term that gets thrown around a lot, which is, which is to say X, Y, or Z is a gospel issue. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking about the letters of the, of the <laughs> alphabet. Um, but, what, but this idea of, of something... Um, something that's going on that uh, is uh, that we have awareness of is, is a gospel issue. And today yeah. we actually want to talk about that. Um, and specifically what we want to do is we want to understand what does that term really mean? Yeah. And, and turning that around, we often hear the opposite. If you spend any time on Twitter, which I really advise you to be careful about doing that. <laughs> uh, but if you do, Uh, You know, you often see the opposite. People will say, hey, why are we talking about this? Let's just talk about the gospel. Um, And and so it's usually turned around to, that's not a gospel issue. Why are we wasting our time? Why are we wasting our energy? Let's talk about what is a gospel issue. So I think it it is helpful for us to to think through this. Right. Absolutely. So that's what we're going to do today. We want to to discuss what... uh, what it means to to for something to be a gospel issue, and then um, and then we're going to talk through some ideas of of what that might look like in practice. Yeah. So um, so let's get started first with um, with the big question from a from a, a theological perspective. So um, ultimately, to define a gospel issue, you have to start with your definition of the gospel itself. Yeah. Yeah, and so do you define that narrowly like many people do, uh, and which we do not? Uh, we work with the Gospel Project, of course, and, and this is one of our, our, our heartbeats is to get a fuller definition and understanding of the Gospel. So the Gospel, we would say, is not simply uh, four or five items that you have to understand and assent to to be saved. Um, as J.D. Greer likes to use the analogy of the swimming pool, the gospel is not just the diving board to get in, you into the pool of salvation. It's the pool itself. It's broader than that. So the gospel, you know, if you think about it just narrowly, very narrowly. Now, again, that those four or five points or whatever, that would be 
part of the gospel, of course. We are not saying it's not, but it's not the fullness. It's not the entirety of the gospel. Right. Uh, so if you do define it that narrowly, then that would explain why some people would say, wait a minute, why are we talking about this? It's not the gospel. Because they're thinking very narrowly about what a person has to understand to be saved. Right. And, and that's an important point because... We need to we need to keep in mind that um, first the gospel is about um, the message of salvation. Mm-hmm. It is about about the the work of Christ to rescue and redeem His people. Yes. Um, and so without that, I mean that's First Corinthians fifteen. Without that, there that Christ died according to the scriptures. That He was buried. That He rose again. All according to the scriptures. Without that, there is fundamentally no gospel. Exactly. But what we also need to understand is is that that gospel has cosmic implications, yeah. and so that is and that's crucial. That the gospel is not just a personal transaction. The gospel is not just about God rescuing and redeeming individual people through the through the work of Christ. Although it is about that, yes. But and it's not all about that. Exactly. But it's also God's plan to rescue and restore all of creation through the finished work of Christ. Yeah. And so understanding that, understanding we're in the pro- he rather is in the process of doing that and we play a role in that, that he's invited us in, that gives us a framework to, to, to look at everything we do in life through this gospel lens. That we understand our job is part of this, that, that God has us where we are in our jobs, not just so that we can make money and provide for our families, although that's part of it, but he has us there on mission in light of his advancing of cosmic redemption, if you will, the, when he brings everything back into order the way it is intended to be, um, you know, what where we live, um, our relationships with with our neighbors, for example, what we do with our leisure, how do we use the the, the gifts that he's given us, our income and wealth and so forth, that everything is, as it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, everything is to be done for his glory as part of God's continuing work. That's why we could say, well, really, it would be hard for press for us to find something not related to the gospel. Right, absolutely. I mean, if you want to get super broad, if in answer to the question of what is a gospel issue, kind of everything, but that's not helpful. Um, because I mean, really is, is what color of, what color of black shirt I wear today? Is that going to be a gospel issue? Not really, not really. It better not be because I mean, it's a black shirt. Yes. (laughs) And I'm bad with color. So it's just, there's just black. Although I understand there are many different shades of black, which is, it's just black. But. <laughs> it really comes down to the dye, to the the dye lot and how often it's been washed, Brian. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but but more practically, if we think about if we if we want to get a little bit narrower in terms of what makes a gospel issue, ultimately what it comes down to is um, like a, a helpful category to think about primarily for gospel issues is um, the issue is anything surround relating to human dignity um, is first and foremost a gospel issue so um, so that include that necessarily because 
human beings are are made in the image of God. We're unique in all of creation. We are something. We are different and special in a very particular way, um, and not in the if everyone is special, no one's special kind of kind of thing like the Lego movie talks about. But um, so it's much better than that. Yeah. Um, instead, what we have is. Um, we we need to think through okay how does the gospel affect how we relate to one another and how we see ourselves exactly so um so for example um you know you're this is necessarily going to include yes um things issues like abortion it's it's going to include that yes it's going to include um euthanasia and how we care for the for the elderly among us um it's going to necessarily um relate to how we view people of different ethnicities um and how we relate to one another um i hopefully with humility and kindness and compassion in all of that it's going to relate to how we um how we engage with one another as as different genders um and how we how we strive for unity in 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 our churches on and on and on the these are the broad applications of what it means to be a gospel issue but um we want to get a little bit more practical than than just being like, well, here's the you know here's our big buckets, because that's that's great and all, and probably you know you're listening to this if you're still listening to this. Hi, <laughs> um, if you're still listening to this, you, you're like, well, yes and amen. I I kind of figured. So let's yeah. talk about let's get a little bit deeper and, and think through what does what does that look like in practice yeah because as you as you were saying when, when we say everything is is a gospel issue and it is when we think through the theological lens again that that can be overwhelming then then do I you know do I need to speak on everything with the same urgency with the same passion you know and there's so much out there to, to speak on there's so much need there's so much sin that has broken things you can feel overwhelmed so I think it helps to kind of think through practically what does this look like in in our context and so hopefully we'll give a couple of, of tips on, on how to approach that yeah yeah absolutely and and a lot of how we choose to engage individually and as um, and within our congregations uh, ultimately comes down to proximity yeah um, and so now What's interesting about that is we don't always know how close something is to us until until it hits us. Yeah. And so um, so what's helpful to think about in terms of engagement is maybe a series of concentric circles. So on the um, on any on any number of issues that, you know, on the on the very outskirts is a desire to understand what an issue is. Um, you get a little bit closer and that's where you begin to um, start addressing it um, within your community. Um, and then and then right at, and then at the center is is actual engagement yeah. with a particular issue. So if you think about three rings and think about those three different uh, steps, if you will, understanding, addressing, and engaging. And we're going to talk through and give some examples. But but let me say this as well before we, we do. We're not suggesting that that's all you do in the, those stages, that on the outside, all you do is understand. And then all you do is address and all you do is engage. These, these can overlap, but I think these are what should be primarily driving 
us in each of those stages and, and hopefully it'll make sense as we as we unpack it yeah absolutely and, and i'm i'm really glad that you brought up that um that because i mean it can be very easy for us to say you know oh well i'm still in my understanding mode exactly and, um now certainly we don't want to ever speak ignorantly or act in ignorance um but, i mean but we get but, that I mean, caveat. but it can yeah but we <laughs> get that caveat say hey look i'm i'm wrestling with this i'm still trying to understand this however from what i'm seeing Here's here's, right. here's here's the gospel truth behind it. Right. So let's um, let's just think about a couple of uh, a couple of examples. Um, one of those is um, this general. Uh, I mean, you know, you made the you you made the the crack about Twitter, for yes, example, the Twitter, <laughs> the Twitter. Um, but the social medias in general, they are. Um, there is this increased, um, certainly that I've seen over the last ten plus years of mm-hmm. of engaging on these various networks, um, more than twenty now of engaging um, online in various capacities because I'm old, and uh, <laughs> the at least for internet terms, but um, but. There has, like, while there's always been kind of the existence of echo chambers within within digital realms, um, that's only in, seemed to increase, and it's actually yeah. spread out outside of that and into uh, news media, books, um, you know, newspapers. You name it. Um, everything is increasingly a an us versus them, and you see it in our political realm as yeah. well. Um, and so. So we need, we need to come to that and say, okay, what's going on? And I mean, you can, and I mean, we're not going to get into any any specific issue in this because we like our jobs. But and, uh, you listening, <laughs> and, and you listening, you 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 know what you what, know? Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know what it? You know, it's primary season is nearly upon us, and so <laughs> you know. Yeah, you, you're you ready for this. it. We, we all see this. We're all aware of, of this increased combativeness yeah even exactly exactly so um so one of the things that we need to do is to understand this because this is a gospel issue it relates to how human beings treat one another it actually directly impacts our view of human dignity because when we see someone as them as an enemy um we will automatically start to treat them as something other than human yeah because that's what we that's because that's very easy for us and we like as people we tend to like in though in relational terms we like very simple binaries we like good versus evil black versus white um you know and it's not just my clothing statements but uh (laughs) there's no white on your clothing that's true it's just it's you know i see a red door and i want to paint it black but uh no 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 (laughs) I can't make Rolling Stones references, can I? No, no, no Rolling no, Stones no, no, no. references. Okay, sorry. There's nothing uh, wrong with them. Okay, continuing on. Continuing on. Continuing on. <laughs> but uh, so in that, we want to understand, okay, why, why are people seeing one another as foes as opposed exactly. to as opposed to not? And um, one of the things that's very interesting in that is, is that it's actually um, that you may find as you, as you dig into this is... Um, as I'm actually starting to to try to understand this is that a lot of it relates to loneliness. Yeah, that there's a lack of community, that there is a uh, lack of a lack of tr- 
trust and and um, you know all the all these kind of things that go with it that because there's no shared identity among yeah. people anymore and that's what you see a lot of these issues is where somebody finds their own or they're trying to find their own identity of course in the wrong place we know yeah. that it's image bearers that's where we get our true identity uh, how God has created us and in Christ who he has made us and who he's declared us to be that's where we should be getting our identity not from anywhere else right but a lot of times what you see is people are finding identity in their political persuasion or ideology or or their, their jobs or, or their, their jobs or yeah their sports teams you, you yeah. choose any number and that's where you start seeing this us against them that they find all right this is who i'm finding my my identity or how i'm finding my identity let me find others who share that identity and i'm going to connect with them and i'm going to push away those who are against what i value in who i am who i believe i am who i understand myself to be wrongly right and so that's where you start seeing this divide so it is a, a misunderstanding of identity that drives a hunger for community but it's a weak flawed community right exactly and so so as we seek to understand as we strive to understand that that gives us opportunities to begin addressing that um amongst our peer groups in our churches so let me let me um, pause yeah, yeah, there yeah, yeah. because i don't want to gloss over this because yeah. you just said something really important so as we seek to understand that yes and i think this is where let's unpack this for a minute that our posture then as believers ought to be hearing listening observing and learning more than you blasting. Mean, you mean being slow to speak <laughs> exactly. and quick to listen? Yeah. So instead of, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, I, I'm guilty of this, and, and I know you are as well because we're, what we're, are you we're sinners. What are but you saying? It's, it's so tempting to jump in. You see something on the Twitter, for example, and you immediately want to respond and push back instead of saying, let me take a step back. Let me disengage. Yeah. Let me try to understand what is going on here. Let me try to understand why we're seeing this tension this animosity here instead of just either engaging in it or what we can often do shaking our heads and saying oh you know sinful world right and so to understand i think this is really important that we we want that posture of understanding or trying to understand yeah absolutely and i mean this is part of the reason why um i mean as you know and anyone who um engages with me in any other realm other than work knows um that i read a lot and i actually tend to not read a lot of stuff that's you know within my own natural echo chamber good Um, word get out of your echo chambers (laughs) yeah so but i mean i'll read like i read a lot of i like i read a lot of books both fiction non-fiction by non-christians because not because i'm you know i'm like to flirt with you know temptation or sin or anything like that it's that i want to understand the 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 viewpoint of other people um another like um, this is semi-related, but I mean, a couple of years ago, we went, uh, we, we being Brian and myself, went to Southern Seminary to meet with um, with two uh, men who are on on staff there, um, and gotten to be friends with yeah. uh, with them since, um, because we wanted to understand, we wanted to better understand this, uh, what we perceived as like as the. Um, racial divide yeah. within our denomination, and and we wanted to talk to to two people who have experienced it, and and so for us it was a learning opportunity, and so and and 
that doesn't mean that we are, we're experts on anything, yeah. but we're we're learning. We're we're trying to see a different viewpoint so that we're not just looking at it from you know in Brian's case being a you know a you know a white American. Southern Baptist and me being a Canadian <laughs> transplant, um, and uh, and because it doesn't, yeah. because we don't know what we don't know exactly. So so seeking to understand is the first when when issues first hit your radar, uh, the proximity is the farthest away from you. You believe again, as you said, Aaron, and it's it's wise that, right. that we remind ourselves this. Sometimes it's actually closer than we we might realize. But, Absolutely, but a lot of these issues you feel all right. This seems distance from me, but I'm aware of it now. Let me try to understand this, because even if it's not close to you right now, it will become close to Absolutely, you. Absolutely, because that's the thing. As you learn as you learn more about what's going on, you do start to see, okay, this is like, wow, I, I'm actually seeing this in my own yes. life. How, what do I do with this? Oh, I'm seeing this, in, seeing this in my church. Now, what that doesn't mean is you don't go in guns blazing and say, okay, we got to fix this problem. It's like, it's more... You're, you need to bring people along with you on exactly. a journey. And Wait, so that's part of addressing an issue. And I think a good word picture of this before we move on to this next step is is often we can look to Europe to see where America's going to go. And, and a yeah. lot of people will say that, hey, as you examine the culture of Europe, as you understand, and as you examine the church in Europe, that's a pretty good sign of where the culture in America and the church in America will go. So a lot of people already do this. They practice this understanding of looking at Europe, which is distant from us right now, only to find out, guess what happens in five years or 10 years? Right. I mean, if you want a little bit closer view, just look a little bit north and look to Canada. Is Canada north of us? Yeah. yeah. I didn't think there was anything north of us. I thought Surprise. it was just the Arctic Circle. You know, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mocking my homeland. Love you, Canada. I might be going back to Toronto here oh, pretty soon. Oh, so. good. Wow, I'm sorry. Yeah. Man, what time? No, no, not Toronto. Montreal. Oh. I lied to you. Montreal. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Enough keep, lies. Keep going. Keep, keep, stop lying. Stop Brian. lying. Stop it. Lying is a gospel issue. It is. It is. Well, stop. not lying. Is, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so next level. It's a little bit closer <laughs> in. Now these yeah. issues, they are impacting us on some level. Yeah. So, um, so this is where we're we're starting to we're starting to see, and and some of the some of addressing it. Um, you know, if you're a pastor, you're you're actually starting to walk through some of these big ideas, maybe with your core team, maybe with the church as a whole, um, depending on your on your structure, however it works, um, and depending on the severity of the the issue. Um, some things you can some things you can take a little more time with than others. Yeah. Um, depending some things you need to take some more time and with. a lot and honestly a lot of things you need yeah. to take time on you, just because um, certainly knowing myself um, when I've been very excited about something new that I've just just discovered and I want the world to know about yeah. it what do I do I go and I start blasting the entire world um, my wife used to talk about how I would uh, in my my early days as a believer I would wield my uh, mighty theological hammer of justice and uh, um, smash indiscriminately anything that got in my way Hulk um, smash kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so uh, so trying not to do that in this space because um, yeah with the addressing best of intentions gospel, it, yeah, yeah exactly and, and that's the thing as a pastor can with the best of intentions say hey this is what I'm learning this is what I'm seeing and, and just overwhelm Got to remember, 
what we have come to understand probably took us some time that we forget it takes other people time right and some people take longer and so we can actually um, bring harm if we rush something through and again there's we're going to talk about a time we we need to Sure. There, there, there are issues that we cannot wait. Oh, absolutely. But let's let's keep thinking of just this this one first um, with the loneliness. Yeah. The the loneliness, the us versus them issue. So I'm a pastor. I've I've noticed that that hey man, there's just a lot of of tension, animosity, and so forth. And and I start to understand because of of um, community that we've been talking about because of identity. So now I go back. That's that's my understanding. Now I want to start addressing that. I want to, my people to understand it's a gospel issue. So what am I going to do? I'm going to start teaching and preaching and talking about gospel identity, right? right. And 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 community, right? And and not and not just that. You're also going to start practicing it. Um, I mean, this is one of those. This is one of those truisms of of ministry: is as goes the as goes the pastor, so goes the so goes the church. Yes. So if a if a pastor is not intentionally engaged in community, um, you know, despite what uh, certain leadership books say, leadership does not have to be lonely. Um, so if you are so if you so you need to be setting setting the expectation that if you are as a you are a leader concerned about community you are concerned about not being in an echo chamber um, that you need to that you need to live that as a model yeah for yourself um, and that can be as simple as being in a small group where you're not the leader exactly. <laughs> And that it's not you and the rest of your leadership team in a small group. It's you and members of your church who yeah. are in a small group together. Um, and that and what that and that's actually a really practical way to engage the issue because it's saying, no, I don't want to do this exactly. in my own life. I want and not only do I want not want this for myself, I don't want it for the rest of you. So because I'm in a small group, you know that's going to encourage and and lead other people um, in the same direction. Yeah. yeah, another example of of this level of of this second concentric circle that we're talking about, where we are called to address things because it's in closer proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think non-binary gender is a good example of this. Right. That probably a couple of years ago, this was just starting to kind of come to our awareness and it was that outer circle. Right. And so our first posture should have been to understand, and it should still be, why is our culture moving this way? Why why are they abandoning something so obvious right. as a binary gender? And then understanding how does the gospel speak to this? Well, then you get to the second level that you know what? This is impacting us. Um, I've seen on some of the uh, Gospel Project, I mean, I'm sorry, on some of the Facebook kids ministry pages, Yeah, I, I've seen some posts where kids leaders are saying, hey, somebody in my a family in my church, somebody in their school is now identifying as a different gender or whatever. Right. What do I do? And so this is, this is starting to come even closer and closer to the church. Some churches probably have this in the church absolutely what do you do with somebody who decides and and this is not just non-binary gender this is also gender change and so forth right but what do you do if somebody shows up and says hey, i'm gonna identify as a woman now or who was a man who is a right. man so this is becoming an issue that it needs to be addressed more and preached again god's god's purpose in gender the goodness of gender 
um, you know, and, and you start right. unpacking these from the scriptures. Right. And there, and, and because of that, what you're, because of that approach, what you're, you're not going to do is you're not going to seek to create a villain yes. out of these, out of people who are experiencing these things. I mean, this is something that's important to remember. And, um, actually a friend of, a friend of ours, um, Andrew Walker wrote a who works for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. He uh, wrote a really great book um, about dealing with the the issue of transgenderism called God in the Transgender Debate. Um, so that's one that uh, is a helpful resource to to put in people's hands um, for that specific issue. Um, but it ultimately leads back to compassion. So yes. how do you how do you equip how do we equip ourselves and each and one another to um, show compassion to people who um, have ultimately been caught up in a lie? Um, that that for whatever reason, um, you know the you know the the clinical term is gender dysphoria. So um, that they have they have developed this this issue. And they really believe this. So how do we how do we help? So we need to we need to be compassionate in those spaces. Yes. Um, a third example, and this is one where um, there is if there's any place where um, perhaps we've been a little bit too historically been a little bit too slow to act, it's probably on the issue of abuse. Yes. Um, and so when we think about that in like, that's something that hits our churches, our, um, and our communities very close to home very quickly. And, um, one of the things that we need to be careful there is that we don't, um, spend too long trying to understand the issue, um, or, um, you know, in a, in a broad sense, but that we sh- we should understand the impact of an issue on our specific congregation, um, in the families in our congregation, and um, and determine how we can engage quickly. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. this one's a sticky one because I mean, there's been you know just in recent days there has been a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of reporting going on about how our denomination has not done a great job of yeah. addressing this well. And that's because we have failed to do these first two steps of understanding and addressing. It has forced us into a posture um, of needing to engage. And, right. and as you're saying, we don't have time. And so this is, an, this is an issue where every church should be, and this is not just our denomination, because it's, this it's, is not I isolated. Mean, this is the thing. It's, it's every denomination. Yeah, but we are under the microscope right now, as we should be. Right. And this is where every church should be looking and saying, all right, let's review our policies and procedures. What's our reporting? What's our, our, you know, our safety and and protection for kids, for teenagers? Do we have two worker policies in effect? If not, what do we need to do to do that this week? Um, And you go down the list and you just put, you know, every church should be, this is engagement. This is not the time just, notice that word, just to preach on this or speak on this. That right. needs to happen too. Yeah. But this is the time to act. Yep. And so, you know, looking at these policies, dealing with it, if there are churches out there that do know they have 
somebody who is an abuser in a position of leadership, that needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. And what it also means is that very often one of the first steps that we may need to take is repenting to someone yes. who has come to us that we haven't taken seriously enough. Yes. yes. Um, now, all of this, of course, none of this means that we, you know, would advocate, you know, taking a stance of guilty before, you know, yeah, well, you know, guilty until proven innocent or anything like that. I mean, there is a there's a reason that the system exists the way that it does and why it's beneficial to human beings um, with the legal system in the West. Um, it's a good system. Yeah. <laughs> but we need to take we need to take claims seriously and we need to show that not just with our words but with our with our actions yeah and in this this is a good example of um, if there's somebody for example suppose there's a church and somebody's accused of abuse somebody who works with teenagers let's say um this is not the time to let them show up the next week and serve in student ministry saying, well, they're innocent until proven guilty. That's true. They're innocent until proven guilty. But we need to be wise and we need to understand if that person is guilty, we need to step in and do everything we can to protect those teenagers right now. And so you, you take that person out of that role of leading while it's being investigated. Right. And if it's proven to be untrue, if the allegations were untrue, that person's restored. The false accusers then dealt with. Correct. Um, but my hope, my prayer would be, if we are gospel people, that person who has been wrongly accused will gladly step aside for the good of those teenagers, for the good of the church. Right. While it's being proven that he or she is not guilty and and serves again, that is, I think, the model that that we are are saying is 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 called for. Right. Um, and I mean, it's a. It's a tricky thing because, I mean, again, even talking about this, you know, the question is, you know, well, how is how is that a gospel issue? But again, it's a gospel issue because it's dealing with it's dealing with issues of human dignity when it comes to abuse. What abuse is 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 um, about is about power. Yep. So it's use I have. So the abuser being in a position of often actually being in a position of feeling powerless and so exercising power over someone else um in some cases it's someone who knows they are powerful um as we've again if you look at some of the the more recent reportings about some very unfortunate situations over the last um 12 to 18 months um very often it's been been things like that um where someone who feels powerful they've forgotten the gospel they've abandoned the gospel and what the gospel and the gospel's call to humility um and to see others as better than themselves and to um protect people and speak for people who can't speak for themselves and because of that they and and so the gospel demands that we that we address it in those ways because we are called to speak for for the vulnerable we are called to, to protect the weak and the innocent um and um and to condemn condemn and purge evil from among us so we need so we can't wait on things exactly. like that um but brian i love the way that you express that that um that for the good of the church in in like while yes we absolutely affirm that innocent until proven guilty that our goal is to 
validated concern. And the best way to do that is not to not to say, hey, we believe that this this we believe or don't believe that X, Y or Z happened. But we need to investigate this because we need to investigate it. Um, this person will no longer will not be serving in this in this area until um, yep. it has been validated. And I think also for a church that just provides consistency. So that yeah. removes the question of, wait a minute, is this does this situation warrant us having this person step out or not? Um, and then also, what you, if you do that, you also subtly imply guilt. So if you find out, oh no, our, you know our student pastor would never do this. So we're going to investigate the accusation while he remains in his role, and then the next thing comes along and you remove that other person, you're implying, oh this person is guilty. So yep. you just—it's not good for the church. It's not good for the person. It's not good for the the students or kids or whoever the right. potential victims are. The accused. So it, to me, it just—it's wiser, right, to come up with this blanket policy and say anytime an accusation is made, we're going to ex- investigate it with due diligence. And while that investigation is going on, we're going to have that person step out of that ministry leadership for his or her good, for the church's good, for God's glory. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Brian, I think that is a good place for us to wrap up this conversation. Um, So a gospel issue is, um, again, from a theological perspective, um, you know, if the gospel is both um, is both in radically personal and radically intimate and mind bogglingly cosmic in its implications, um, which it is that um, that. As a, as churches in practice, as as believers in practice, what we need to folk we we can see and rightfully see any issue related to human dignity as being a of as being a, a gospel issue of first importance. Yes, and so because of that, we need to we want to understand, we want to address, and we want to engage appropriately within out within our spheres of influence for the sake of the gospel and for the good of people. So, um, Brian, that's a this was a great conversation. Thanks so much for. Um, uh, for the, the chat today. Uh, listeners, I hope you found it helpful. And um, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode of the show, uh, please email us at thegospelproject at lifeway.com um, or hit us up on Twitter by tagging at gospel underscore project. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.